Barbecue Central Show, let's go. The number one barbecue show on the low. Your host, Greg Rampy, the grilling master, spreading the info, getting to you faster, asking tough questions and having a blast. The Barbecue Central Show is here at last. The best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, John Solberg. Today, I have a special segment for you pulled from the March 13th, 2012 show. It's a little bit different than normal. One segment, 15 minutes long today. I'm going to get right to it. Here we go. Best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. All right, uh, this segment is uh, dedicated to Shotgun Fred Perkle. Uh, again, the creator of the Barbecue Guru. TheBBQGuru.com is the website. Fred Perkle, 66, inventor and founder of the company. Uh, this was March 10th from a, an Inquirer staff writer from where I got this write-up. So let me uh, read you a little bit about Fred here. Fred Perkle has ALS, had ALS, I'm sorry, and was working on inventions to aid those with the condition. Fred Perkle's inventive mind was still cranking out ideas for new creations, even as the rest of his body had virtually shut down due to the fast-moving form of a mitrophic lateral sclerosis, which is ALS, more familiarly known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Lately, those efforts were focused on ways to help those like him whose motion was limited by disease or stroke. On February 9th, three weeks after Mr. Perkle turned 66, the founder of Thermomegatech Incorporated, a manufacturer of temperature control valves in Warminster, Pennsylvania, died at his home in the township. It was an ending Mr. Perkle was prepared for. He had said in an interview published January 22nd in the Inquirer. The article detailed his physical challenges and commitment he had made recently to support U.S. manufacturing long after he was gone. Please listen to this. The commitment was this that a $25 million pledge in December to Mr. Perkle's alma mater, Sam Houston State University outside Houston. The largest single gift commitment to the school will enable the establishment of engineering technology program. He was a champion of business and a champion of education, school president Dana Gibson said in a statement Friday. He was also a visionary whose thoughtfulness and generosity have paved the way for generations of students to come. Mr. Perkle had said of his gift to Sam Houston, it's critically important that we retool and retain people, particularly young people, to take care of these critically important jobs to put us back in the forefront of manufacturing worldwide. Mr. Perkle formed Thermomegatech in 1982 after, he said, he created a temperature control valve that Conrail officials determined was worth trying out to prevent freeze damage to its diesel locomotives. Lately, it was Mr. Perkle's contribution to the fight against ALS that had won him widespread acclaim. At the ALS Association, Greater Philadelphia Chapter Executive Director John Pincotti praised Mr. Perkle Friday for working diligently to invent items that would help himself and others living with ALS, which is a neurodegenerative disease. He was and remains an inspiration to all of us. Mr. Perkle was father of two sons. Funeral arrangements were incomplete Friday. 
in the January interview, he said he wanted uh, written on his tombstone, his life was an experiment. So that is Fred. And, and what a great guy. So let me do this now with the remaining time that I have. Excerpts, uh, seven excerpts of an interview that I did. Maybe you're not familiar. Let me give you a background about this show. If you're first time in. This thing started a long time ago. Probably six years ago, and it was just a podcast. And in its very infancy, it was done through a company called Telcaster, which was like a teleconferencing. It was nothing like the setup that it is now. And I would dial in. The guest would dial in. It would connect us. And we did phone interviews that was a podcast. And I believe the fourth one I ever did was with Fred Perkle from The Barbecue Guru. These podcasts have never seen the light of day. There is 13 original shows that have never seen the light of day on any feed. Uh, but perhaps tonight changes. Perhaps Fred's will be like uh, some bonus content uh, just so we can do proper remembrance of him. But I wanted to play some of these for you tonight. And you can kind of, you know, just as my way of giving... Uh, a little back to Fred, letting people remind uh, or helping remind people, you know, how we talked, how we sounded, the passion with which he talked about the business with. And uh, we'll go ahead and kick it off here. Again, uh, Fred Perkle passed away this past Friday from ALS. Uh, this is me asking Fred, and if you know Fred, uh, he's known worldwide as Shotgun Fred, and I asked him how he got the name. Well, I was about nine years old, and uh, I lived, of course, in San Antonio, Texas, where I grew up. And uh, when my mom would take me into downtown San Antonio, we'd go down Presa Street, and there was a hardware store there called Lightfoot's. And over the front door, they had this big uh, model of a shotgun, and on the barrel of the shotgun was the sign, Lightfoot's. And when I'd see that, I'd say, Mama, Mama, the shotgun. She'd say, You're the shotgun, boy. So later in life, she told me, well, I gave you the right nickname because you've definitely got a shotgun approach to life. So. Yeah, shotgun approach to life. Absolutely, Fred did. Uh, second cut is Fred's background, how he got into business, and uh, you know, this would be prior to the barbecue guru being accepted. Well, uh, you know, my granddad was uh, got me started, I guess. He's the one that really got me stirred up, and... Uh, he, he taught me how to cook on uh, clay pots and what have you when I was a wee small boy. And then as I got a little older and could drive, why I went everywhere and anywhere they were cooking anything. Any barbecue I could go to, I went to, whether they were cooking goats or chickens or pigs or cows or deer or whatever. Right. And I, I loved it. Uh, and the old-timers taught me a lot of things. Uh, but the one thing they wouldn't teach you is how to make the beans. They'd show you just about anything else. <laughs> Not the beans, though. Not the beans. <laughs> Not sure why uh, beans are such a secret in Texas. I thought it was going to be because uh, or you don't want to give the boy the brisket secrets. But bean secrets are held tight to the vest. Uh, then I asked Fred about how the guru actually came to be. Well, I'm, I'm a manufacturer. Manufacturer, especially valves and controls, and I've done that my whole career. My whole career has been uh, around temperature control and the process, chemical industry, pulp, paper, pharmaceutical. Uh, we do some medical uh, gizmos and what have you. And how does the idea of the barbecue guru actually uh, present itself to you? 
Well, we had a customer who was looking for a uh, mechanical damper control. So we manufacture something called a thermaloid sensor controller, and we incorporated that into a little uh, damper device that would shut off on rising temperature. Uh, so we, uh, in order to do the test, used a barbecue pit because that's a good source of uh, fire and heat. So as we uh, were doing this test, we had it, of course, totally instrumented with uh, data recorders and data loggers and, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, when, in fact, uh, somebody in the plant complained that, you know, the smoke was blowing back in the assembly area, we put a fan on the cooker to blow the, uh, the smoke out the back, and we had it trained kind of on the intake damper. And we noticed that uh, while the... Uh, device modulated almost totally off, uh, the instruments didn't move. So we thought, well, how interesting is that? Let's try modulating the fan. So we did that, and that uh, did give us some level of control. Then we barred some circuitry out of another device that we make called an EMPC, electronically modulated position control, and we applied that to uh, running a little fan, a little computer-type fan, and uh, lo and behold, we were able to do some pretty good control. So then we spent about six months watching fires burn, uh, wood, charcoal, different size cookers, and we came up with the right control strategy, the right algorithms, the right uh, bandwidths, and so forth, and uh, we were able to make the device control very accurately regardless of the size of the cooker, regardless of the size of the fire. So that became uh, the original barbecue guru. So a little insight as to how the guru actually came to be. And then, of course, once they were satisfied with the product, the next thing to do is bring it to market. So I asked Fred, when was the first time you got this guru out and in front of people? We introduced it three and a half years ago at the National Barbecue Association, or the NBBQA in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, at that time, why people kind of laughed and poo-pooed the idea, but after a few people tried it and began to post on the forums, uh, they realized, boy, this thing really does work. So uh, the rest is kind of history, as they say. But, uh, you know, I guess there was a time when rowboats didn't have anything but uh, oars and oar locks, but then some smarty pants figured out to put a, a motor on the back of it. And I think you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find a boat that doesn't have a motor. But, uh, sure. you know, you got your choice. You can... You can run your pit manually. Uh, when you decide you want to go to bed and, or do something else, you can plug in your guru and you're good to go. All right, so inevitably, and I've talked with a number of people, especially maybe four years ago, like just when I was getting into the podcast world here, a lot of people, as he said, poo-pooed the barbecue guru and automatic pit temperature control devices, and it was somehow cheating. Uh, so I asked him, What's this deal with a barbecue guru, and is it? Uh, do you consider it cheating? Well, you know, there's a lot of purists. I, I think that all those purists ought to throw their thermometers away first, and then maybe <laughs> they ought to squat over a hole in the ground and uh, <laughs> poke at their meat with a crooked stick or something, because right. that's that's real barbecue. You know, if you if you want to get right down to it, you know, when I first started cooking barbecue. Uh, Nobody could afford a thermometer. You know, they were process plant-type thermometers that you needed, and uh, nobody could afford them. So we went by by feeling the meat and what it looked like, and maybe we'd cut off a little piece here and there to see how it was coming along. But, uh, 
you know, that's fine if you want to do that, and there's certainly nothing wrong with uh, being a purist. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, uh, convenience is a great thing, too. And if you've got something else you need to do, this is the device. All right, so there's his thoughts on cheating, which was, uh, at that point, pretty pretty awesome to, to get that kind of a reaction out of him. Uh, talk to him about upcoming products that he had in the works as well, because, as he said, uh, life was an experiment. Oh, absolutely. we got a number <laughs> of things. we got... Uh, Charcoal-fired steam table trays that double as uh, you can cook on them. You can heat water in them uh, to wash up with. You can use them for a conventional steam table. Uh, you fire them up, and they run for many, many hours, very even temperature. Uh, that's, that's a fun thing. Uh, we've got uh, water heaters that we're making, charcoal-fired water heaters, uh, where you can use uh, pressure. Uh, of the hose, you just hook it up and turn it on, and it automatically makes uh, 15 gallons of water at 140 to 150 degrees uh, every hour. So you can pipe that right into an ice chest. Now you got a big reservoir of plenty of nice hot water to wash up with. It's it's really nice at a outing, or competition, or camping, or whatever to have a plentiful supply of uh, hot water to take a bath with or wash your dishes with or whatever and uh, you know no danger of propane just a real nice uh, charcoal fired water heater and then uh, we have in the mill a charcoal maker so if you're out somewhere where you can't get good lump charcoal you can make your own while you're uh, cooking a uh, cook or whatever you know you're uh, making some brisket or butts and at the same time, you can be making you a load of charcoal for your next few cooks. I want to know where that product is. I think I've asked Bob Trudnack on that a couple times. I don't know if that one ever made it to market or not, but that would have been... Can you imagine making your own lump charcoal while you were cooking? I think that's like cyclical and like green and great all at the same time. So, I mean, the, the mind was always working with Fred, always trying to think of what that next great product it is. And uh, so we'll end tonight by uh, Fred signing off. Fred, thanks for taking the time out tonight to talk to us about all of your products and continued success, and we'll be talking to you down the line. My pleasure. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. And that shotgun Fred remembered from March 13th, 2012. Thanks so much for joining us on this edition of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less. I'm your host, John Solberg. I will talk to you soon. Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go.